Tomorrow, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insights and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. I have trouble saying that for some reason. Subscribe <laughs> subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th to May 1st. Everybody, welcome into Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is, God, is it? it is Wednesday, April 28th, 2021. Thank you for tuning in today, and we got a Tigers victory to talk about. Uh, I will say this podcast is being uploaded later in the afternoon. Usually, I do it in the mornings, but uh, with these eight o'clock games that are ending, you know, 11, and then by the time I get my post game out and get everything in order, it's 11:30. I'm just too tired, so. Uh, with some of these late games, I will um, I will be recording them a little bit later. Shouldn't be a problem. You're probably if you're a listener of this p- program, you're still going to be able to listen to this podcast before tonight's game is on. But I'm just letting you know because I try to be as consistent as possible with my uploading schedule. But sometimes sometimes life just gets in the way. I'm not going to go into details, but I'm working harder now than I ever have, and it it takes a lot out of you. And sometimes you're just too tired and I would much rather bring you my best product possible late than a so-so product on time. All right, moving on. The Tigers won last night. They went to Chicago and actually won a game five to two. Plenty to talk about. I am going to start off with what was the controversial moment of the night and that's that Lucas Giolito pitched for the White Sox and through six innings he was great. And then came out in the seventh and got popped because he was done. I mean, he he ended up getting Akil Badu out, but he threw six consecutive 0-2 pitches to him. And Badu kept battling, caught a break on one. He swung and missed on one, and they called it a foul tip. And then Wilson Ramos drove him in on a double. Then Nico Goodrum hit a two-run home run. And then then he walked another guy, and finally Larusa pulled him. And, and I just want to talk about that a little bit. Not so much this instance because it's very clear Tony Larusa should not be managing the White Sox. It was clear when they hired him, and I know like Chris and Herb, who were awesome on Locked on White Sox, they were trying to be honest, and they said, hey, we've grown, it, it's grown on us a little bit. You know, we do think that there's some things uh, he may uh, he may bring to this team that uh, a more analytical younger manager might not have been able to bring. And uh, the, the team is still talented, but um, that's a miserable hire. Because last night, Lucas Giolito was great through six. It was very clear that he was emptying the tank. He said himself after the game, I have nothing left in the tank, right? Very little left in the tank. And that's a communication issue because if you're Tony LaRusso, you got to talk to your player at that point. You can't just go on field. You got to approach the guy and say, hey, hey, how are you feeling? And he would have been honest. He would he probably would have said, all right, let, I'll, I'll go out there for one more. But especially after the walk to Willie Castro, 
and especially the long at bat to Akil Badu, you got to pull him at that point. Ended up throwing, I believe, 114 pitches. And, and look, people get so bent out of shape about pitch count, and I do too sometimes. Like I do believe that there are those instances in which you got to stick with a pitcher, you got to stick with your guy. But the reason we talk about pitch count so much and the reason we pay attention to it so much is not because we necessarily think that once a guy gets to 100 pitches, he's absolutely done. You got to pull him. No, the reason we do it is because when you watch these games and when you pay attention to these games, most of the time, pitchers are emptying the tank at 100 pitches. They are losing their stuff. Their fastball isn't as sharp. Their off-speed stuff isn't breaking as much. That's just kind of the natural order of things. Now, there are there are, of course, instances. Uh, what's uh, Blake Snell last year in the World Series, Kevin Cash pulling him in Game 6. That was ridiculous. The guy gave up one base hit, and, and Cash went with the early hook. But in an instance like that, Giolito was emptying the tank or running on fumes in the 6th. He pitched out of trouble in the 6th inning, and he was all fired up. I think he thought that he was probably done for the night. I'm not complaining, but it's it's an interesting argument. It's an interesting talking point, because I, I know there's a lot of analytical people out there today who probably saw that and were very happy. Like, yes, we are proven right. Once again, the deeper a guy goes, third, fourth time through the order, he's going to start struggling. I, I don't know if it's that. I just think you got to use your gut a little bit. you got to see what's going on in the game, because it was very clear to me Giolito didn't have much left, and thankfully... The Tigers took advantage of it. I mean, they were able to get three off of them in the seventh. Jonathan Scope hit a solo home run in the eighth inning as well, and the Tigers won 5-2. to two. Talking about the Tigers now, because this is a Tigers podcast, but that was a very uh, interest, interesting development, and I think it's going to be a running theme uh, all year with how Larusa manages uh, that ball club. But uh, from the Tigers' perspective, uh, a surprising game, and it's look, it starts with the pitching, and really... What's sad and what's been so frustrating about the way this team has started out is that it's not like 2019 in the sense that 2019, nobody played well. Nobody pitched well. Nobody hit well. Uh, the, the Everything was awful. They didn't play defense. You know, they couldn't do anything. They couldn't run to first. There's been good starting pitching on this team. And I give Jose Urania a ton of credit, a ton of credit, and more credit than I ever thought I'd give him. You guys know that I am a, a emotional guy. You know that I am very reactionary. Right after these games, I record these videos the second after these games are over, and I have said some stuff in the moment that I probably shouldn't have said. Shouldn't have said nothing, you know, like criminal or, or anything like that, but just those hot takes in the moment. Because Jose Urena, through two starts, looked about as bad as a pitcher can look. That first one was awful. He was slightly better in start number two, only by virtue of the fact that he couldn't go anywhere but up after that disastrous first start. Uh, against the Twins, and, and the reason I was so down on him was because he was missing with his two-seam fastball, which is a pitch you got to throw for strikes, for one, and two, not only was he missing, but he's missing bad. Like, if he, if he was missing a few inches off the plate, I'd be able to say, okay, well, you know what, yeah, that can be fixed, but the mechanics didn't look good, the delivery didn't look good, the stuff didn't look great, the stuff has looked a lot better over his last several starts. First Tigers starting pitcher since Jordan Zimmerman, so he's an elite company, right, in 2017 to go seven innings in three consecutive starts. And last night, I'm actually going to remember that performance last night for a really long time. Seven innings, seven hits, two runs, one earned run, three walks, and two strikeouts. The reason I'm going to remember it is because the team had five errors. They almost had six. They probably shouldn't have given Goodrum an error on that one. It probably was an infield single, but he threw it away. I mean, it was still a sloppy play. Five errors. I don't care if you are Kershaw in your prime. If a team commits five errors, if your own defense commits five errors, 
it's going to get to you. It's going to wear on you mentally. Now it's where the, the two-seam fastball was his best friend. The reason that pitch exists is because you want to get ground balls with it. And Urania, even at his worst, has always gotten a fair amount of ground balls with that pitch. Now he's also given up a lot of hard contact, and his command has always been kind of so-so. Is the reason why he hasn't been able to put it together throughout his career. But he got, what, three, four double plays last night with guys on base, with guys in scoring position. It was really a gutsy effort, and... Man, look, I'll say this. This team's gotten a lot of, have, has had a fair amount of bad luck over the last several years. Now, if you ask me, they've created uh, a lot of their own bad luck with dumb trades and bad signings. But if Jose Urania, like, finds something here, and again, it's three good starts. I'm not crowning him a Cy Young winner. But what you could do with him as a trade piece is all of a sudden really valuable. Because one of these guys at the deadline will be gone. I don't know if it's, if it's Urania, if Tehran comes back. I don't know who it's going to be. If Boyd is available, you don't know. Uh, but Matt Manning's going to get called up here at some point, and that's going to either move somebody to the pen or somebody's going to get traded. And maybe Urania on a one-year deal is that guy. Now I don't know if they'd get much back for him. I mean, we've we've seen what they've gotten trading away all-star caliber players. I, I don't know what to, you know what they would get for Urania at this point. But encouraging. That was a very very gutsy performance last night. I give him a whole lot of credit and I give him uh, credit because I've ripped him and I buried him probably when I should when I shouldn't have. It was too early in the season. He's pitching some good baseball, got the ERA down to 3.77 and that's following two really disastrous starts to begin the season. So that'll do it for segment number 1. When I come back in segment number 2, we're going to talk a little bit more about this Tigers victory. See you in a second. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Back for segment number two. I don't want to gloss over the fact the team hit three three home runs last night. Miguel Cabrera hit an absolute moonshot in the first. I mean, that one of the hardest hit balls he's had in a long time. And I look, I, I said on the pod yesterday that Miggy seems like a guy who may retire soon. And I don't, I don't take that back. Like he still might just because he hit one home run. I mean, I know there was a, an article posted on one site. It might've been Motor City Bengals. I can't remember where a guy said, it's time for Miguel Cabrera to walk away. The guy hit one home run and everyone said, see, see, you were wrong. No, he hit one home run. I, I, I don't think this means that he's all of a sudden going to be having a, a 900 OPS season. He crushed that ball. And that's more kind of what I would like to see out of Miguel Cabrera, be a guy who sells out for power, because I don't think the power is necessarily uh, absent. I just think that he's he's more content being like a 280 hitter who's putting up a 730 OPS, where I would much rather have a guy who's got like a 250 average with a 800 OPS, because it means he's probably selling out for power, drawing a lot of lot of walks, and hitting more home runs. He crushed that one off of Giolito last night, and then Jonathan Scope, who I was on the verge, like had Scope recorded another out 
I would have officially hit the panic button. I'm willing to be more lenient with veterans. I think I've been pretty consistent with this. Willing to be more lenient with veterans because I know Jonathan Scope is a good major league player. I've seen him be a good major league player. He's not like Francisco Liriano or Mercer or Harrison, one of these guys that the Tigers signed who was obviously past their prime and then hit a wall once they came to Detroit. Jonathan Scope isn't even 30. I mean, he's got a lot of city miles on him. He's had some injuries and he's been around the league for a long time, but I know at his best, he's a very good major league player. And so I, I haven't been quick to bury him, but last night he was 0 for 3 with two strikeouts, you know, some really bad at-bats. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm not as big on Isaac Paredes as everybody else is, but but at this point you got to go with who's going to produce the most for you. And uh, it wasn't looking like Jonathan Scope was that guy, and he still might not be. It seemed like he kind of regressed at first base as well, where they've been putting him. But he did hit a big homer last night in the eighth inning, another one that he absolutely crushed. I mean, he does not not have a lot of cheap ones. And, you know, he swings for the fences pretty much every time. Big reason why, you know, he wouldn't know a walk if it hit him. But that was a, that was a nice moment for him. And then, of course, Nico Goodrum with what turned out to be the game-winning home run in the seventh inning uh, off of Giolito, off of a very gassed, Lucas Giolito. I'm glad they won last night, of course. How can you not be? This is our team. We love them. We want to see them succeed. We want to see them be happy. Uh, It's year five of the rebuild. You're not unreasonable for having expectations. I've had all this. You know, I've said all this before in the past. But with that said, if you play that same game 10 times, the Tigers are losing nine of them. Like, that was a wild game where they made a bunch of errors, they got out hit, they struck out nine times, whereas the White Sox only struck out five. The White Sox had their ace on the mound, and you still won. And that's that's great. Good. You've you got to try to find ways to, to get W's at this point in the rebuild with this team. I know it's bothered Hinch. I know it's bothered, bothered all these players. I'm not, you know, delusional enough to think that they don't care. Of course they care. Of course it weighs on them. But traditionally, if there's a game where you commit four more errors than the other team, uh, don't out-hit them and strike out more, you're going to lose. Uh, it, like, last night's win does not give me confidence that this is going to become a winning streak necessarily. I'd love to see it. It'd be cool to see him turn it around, but I, I'm still very skeptical. And we, can we please put an end, and I've just seen this a lot, to the whole, like, people need to stop freaking out about this team because it's only April narrative. If this was a isolated one-time thing where the Tigers were struggling the way they were in 2012, right, where they were like, they were like eight games under 500, I think, at one point. They were 500 at the All-Star break, ended up going to the World Series. It's not that it's just April. It's April and it's last season and it's the year before and it's the year before and it's the year before that. So you're not you're not unreasonable at this point for being frustrated with the product. I do also have to give a shout out to my dude Evan Petzold of the Free Press who wrote a really great piece uh, for the Free Press online a couple days ago where uh, he went in on the Tigers. I mean, he went in about as hard as a guy can go in on a, a team, and uh, he was right. Everything he wrote, he wrote there was was correct. The product has been unacceptable. And I, I know there's going to be people who listen to this and say, why can't you just be happy they won? I am happy they won, but I'm not going to allow one win to blind us from the fact that things are still pretty awful here. One win, one, let's be real, one relatively lucky win against the White Sox doesn't mean that I think that this team's going going places. They aren't. There is one more thing, actually two more people that I wanted to discuss, and they're both pitchers. A good work by the bullpen last night. Obviously, look, you get seven innings out of your starter, typically good things are going to happen. But Jose Cisnero, he walked one and he, and he allowed one hit Struck out the side. His stuff looks a lot better than it did a couple weeks ago. I think he might have found his slider again. ERA is going down. He's pitched several scoreless innings in a row. Very encouraging. 
And Gregory Soto, Gregory Soto's ERA is going to be weird because he's going to have those outings where his command is bad. He's going to be a guy who's going to have like those blow up two, three run outings. But last night, uh, that was a, that was a closer we were watching. One inning, one, two, three, I think, what was it? Uh, two ground balls and a fly out. Uh, easy save, you know, made it look easy because I was worried that he was going to start walking guys and they were going to get some guys on, especially a lineup uh, on the south side that is that good. Thought he pitched great. Thought he was re- very, very effective yesterday throwing strikes. Look, he's, he's the kind of, he has the kind of stuff to be able to close playoff games for you. Like, he can be that electric. It's just a matter of staying consistent. And a lot of relief pitchers struggle with that early on, especially guys with command issues. I I do think he'll find it. I think his ceiling as a closer here is higher than anybody else on the team, higher than a lot of people in the American League, quite frankly. I mean, lefties who throw 100 miles per hour don't grow on trees. So I I think that's that's a positive sign to see him in a save situation going one, two, three. I think he's going to be somebody, hopefully, that could be part of the future here. We'll see. I mean, who knows how long this thing's going to go on for. But yeah, Good win last night. Yeah, you found a way to pull it out. Where you you shot yourself in the foot a bunch of times. They bent a lot, but they never broke. Uh, good job. So when I come back, I'm going to preview tonight's game. Tigers back at it tonight on the South Side in Chicago against the White Sox. We're going to preview that in segment number three. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Back for segment number three, we have a pretty intriguing pitching matchup tonight. The 8-16 and 16, Detroit Tigers go up against the 12-10 and 10. Chicago White Sox on the mound for the Tigers is Casey Mize. He's 1-2 with a 5-2-3 ERA. This, of course, coming from MLB.com. Mize gets a third career meeting with the White Sox, the team against which he made, uh, that sounds so weird, the team against which he made his MLB debut last year on August 19th. In those first two starts versus Chicago, he struck out 12 batters over nine and two-thirds innings in a pair of no decisions and took a no-hit bid into the sixth inning last September 11th. Hinch came out and talked about some, Hinch came out and talked about Mize a little bit, and look, he's trying to instill confidence in him, and he should. It's all, all he says is that it's about execution. It's not stuff. It's about throwing your pitches and executing your pitches. Now, that is easier said than done, especially when you have a guy who's been as erratic at points as Casey Mize has been. He's gonna. It's this is gonna be a tall order for him. That's a good lineup in Chicago. It's just a matter of staying consistent and, and throwing strikes. And I again, easier said than done, right? And, and that sounds like such a easy compliment, easy comment to to give a guy, but it really is that simple. Because I think in terms of pure stuff, I really do believe this, Casey Mize is in the upper 5% of all pitchers in Major League Baseball. Truly. Like, there's guys who, like, there's guys in the Major Leagues right now who are going, like, 150 to 180 innings a year that probably don't have stuff that's as good as Casey Mize's. Why are they more successful? Well, experience is a big part of it, and the fact that they throw more strikes and they stay more consistent. He cannot afford to make as many mistakes as he made against the Royals because the Royals are a good lineup. 
the, the White Sox, even with the injuries, have a great lineup. If you if you're hanging uh, splitters and sliders to or what is it they throw us a slur breaking balls to Tim Anderson, you're going to get crushed. It's going to be a big test for him. I hope he pitches well, especially because on the other end you have Carlos Rodon. He's three and zero with a zero point four seven ERA. Rodon will have a week off in between starts before taking the mound on Wednesday night against the Tigers. Rodon's last two starts have come against Cleveland, both victories, including the twentieth no hitter in franchise history. He's looked dirty. He's looked great, and he was a, a highly touted prospect for them that they have tried to, to figure out. Injuries have just derailed his career. It really is an amazing story because he got uh, released, I believe, or, or by the White Sox at the end of last season and then said, no, I want to come back here, and they signed him to a, a minor league deal, made the team out of spring training, looks great. I mean, not only was that no-hitter impressive on his part. I mean, there, there's no such thing as an unimpressive no-hitter. Sands, maybe Edwin Jackson walking eight in what was it 2010 and end up give, and he ended up giving up no hits but with with Rodon his stuff looks great uh, the fastball is electric you got you must have found something if in the ninth inning of a no hitter you're throwing a hundred mile per hour cheddar cheese that is really impressive and one of the better stories in baseball not only was he great in his no hitter he's been great so far this season I mean a zero four seven ERA a month into the season, but we're talking about a Cy Young candidate right now. I don't know if it'll stick, but a great story nonetheless. Tigers are going to have their work cut out for him again. Look, a majority, sadly, and I'm going to say this a lot, they have their work cut out for him, but a majority of the teams the Tigers play, especially in their own division, they will not be as talented as. Now, of course, your momentum is only as strong as your next day's starting pitcher. I do think there will be some pitchers on this team who, uh, on any given night, will be able to go out and shut down a lineup, but will they be able to shut down a lineup as good as Chicago's? We're going to find out tonight with Casey Mize. Here's hoping the Tigers can win and clinch a series win against all odds on the south side. That'll do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at Tigers, And please follow me there because you're seeing a lot of updates during the games, saying some fun stuff. We're having fun there. I, I would recommend following me there. And, uh, of course, go to Apple Podcasts, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. I appreciate all of you uh, being patient, sticking with me here. Uh, It's been kind of a roller coaster several days, several weeks. I'm trying to be as consistent as possible with the uploading schedule. Thank you very much for listening. I know this this show might be a little bit shorter uh, than most, but uh, it's been a busy time. So thanks again, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts.